Grand Rising, good morning. Hello, how you doing? What up, what uppers? How you in the neighborhood today? Yes, I think we covering every part of the United States. Oh, yeah, for my floor. <laughs> You're all <laughs> of the New Yorkers. This is SFA Charlotte, Charlotte's number one Black-owned independent podcast. And we are right back at you one more time with some hard-hitting, in-depth conversation, commentary, and observations. And y'all already know who y'all listening to. So let me go ahead and introduce my partners, the co-producers, the co-founders, the co-hosts. We're going to give it up for my little sister, the one and only Pistol Papa coming from the <laughs> North or Northeast, the North, the, the, the place where them brewers hail from, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, that big sister, Keeks. What's up? What's up? What's up? I just want to add, I like that you call me a pistol popper. I, <laughs> I don't know why, but that I don't know. I like that. Well, that's because you be popping pistols from way back from them 25s to them ARs. We know. <laughs> and then we got the party rocker, the MC, the 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 Charlotte Hornet shocker. That boy coming out of the ATL. And you know which side he coming off of. That be Knox Lift. Uh, what's up? What's up? Gang, 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 gang. This is dope. I like these intros. This is hot. Man. And today, we 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 hyped. We up. We, 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 we feel it because we're discussing something that is so relevant, important, and right now in our culture, the Black culture inside Charlotte, inside North Carolina, inside the Eastern Seaboard, inside yeah. the United States of America. We feeling it right now. We know we are, and we got to talk about it. You know what I'm talking about? It's that hourly wage. It's that, it's that thing that some of us know we don't like because we don't like looking at our paychecks. And for others, it's that thing that we just go, hey, I ain't trying to go back to the plantation. I got away from it. Thank you, pandemic. Thank you, extra $600 on the unemployment. Thank you, President Joe Biden, for the, in, for the insertion of the additional stimulus because I'm going to take advantage of it and create a business and I'm going to take advantage of creating that business and I'm never going back to hourly wage earning again. So we're going to talk about it. First and foremost, let's talk about what is hourly wage. Like we do our best at SFA Charlotte to strive for achievement. And so therefore we're going to break down what you may not know so hourly wage, how did it come about? Why do we do it? Well, first and foremost, it was corporate America's way of gauging the appropriate amount to disperse to anyone that is called an employee for an hour of their work that they agreed to give to that corporation or company. Now, over the years, when the government got involved, it decided to establish a 
national or federal minimum. See, it's like the speed limit. When you're going down the highway and you see that sign that says speed limit 65, that means that's the maximum. Every now and again, you'll see it say speed limit minimum. And sometimes that's 45 or 50. But for the most part, we know that when we see a speed limit, we're talking about maximums. Well, when it comes to the federal law on hourly wage, they only set the minimum, which is a minimum recommendation. It is not an actual mandated law that every business must adhere to. I bet you some of y'all didn't know that. But at this point in time, 2021, federal mandate of minimum wage, hourly wage earned is still $7.25. Mm-hmm. Think about that now. It's still in 2021, $7.25. They have been and I have to use this word, the federal government has been threatening to raise the minimum wage to at least $10 for the last seven to 10 years, but still has not raised it above $7.25. What do y'all think about that? I think it's ridiculous. I don't even think it it should be raised to $10 because child, $10 ain't What's that? Three gallons of gas? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel that the whole concept of it's hmm, I feel like how do I want to say this? Child, what are you trying to say? I know, girl. We're trying to figure it out. Hold on. <laughs> trying to stop from popping that pistol. That's what you <laughs> Um I don't know. I just feel like when you think about the uh, hour of your time, an hour of your work, and you put a dollar amount to that, honestly, it seems like any singular or maybe even double-digit number, I don't know. I just feel like it's hard putting a, a numerical value on that, especially if it's coming from somebody that's not even working this that's not even doing the type of work that you're doing how can you be a legislator and you're not even in this field of work that i'm in but you want to sit, sit up here and tell me what i deserve to get paid i don't think that that's fair i feel like people i feel that people should be able to um advocate for their own wages which you definitely do have movements i know uh i believe what, what is it called oh I think it's like fight for 15 mm-hmm. and i know that there's an organization that's uh is based in the united states and pretty much they're advocating for the minimum wage to be raised to 15 dollars. and i think that they were i heard about them in chicago i'm trying to think i think it's called fight for 15 but don't quote me on that y'all but i'm gonna go ahead and try to pull up the information really fast but i just think that it's not fair for legislators to make those decisions, especially because, you know, 
here it is, you know, Brother Stokes said that they've been threatening to raise it to $10 and it's been over 10 years and they still haven't moved. So I feel like for us as people who are um, the employees who are, you know, people who do hit the clock or, you know, go to their day-to-day jobs, I don't think it's fair for policymakers to be in full control of that legislation and have the full say-so because they're not the ones that's doing the work. And at the same time, you know, they move so freaking slow. Um, I was going to go on a rant about inflation, but I'll save that for later. <laughs> um, I just I just feel like I just feel like it's all a part of the plan. It's just not our plan. Like, I feel like it's it's. <sighs> Because I, I, I was I, I, my first thought was because I honestly feel like in order to win in this game of America and this capitalistic game, someone has to get exploited. And who's better to exploit than the person at the bottom of the totem pole? Because mm. granted, they do do all the work, but they have the smallest voice when it comes to power and impact. So, like, it's just the I just feel like it's just it's just. The hmm. the people the people okay let's keep it real the people that are giving out the money they basically keeping it keeping it to a way where they can make more and you can make less. Mm-hmm. That's it. That because that's that's how they win. I mean that that's how that's how these Fortune five hundred companies win. Like that that that's that's what it is. Like I said, someone has to get exploited. That's just that's just the truth and. In the money game, you have to not care if you really want to get the bread. Because at the end of the day, someone has to get exploited. That's like literally. That's the in this capitalistic game. There are other ways to do it, but I'm just saying in a sense of like thinking of why wow, minimum wage is seven dollars and free. Think of this, a tank of gas is half of that. Literally. Like, no, not even a tank, a gallon. It's three dollars. So you're telling me really. I can get a gallon of gas and got out maybe maybe get a sweet tea and a fry from McDonald's, and I just work one hour. You can't even get that, right? Right, right. Because I'm thinking about taxes. After that hour has been worked and you've been credited that seven dollars and twenty five cent, somewhere between eighteen and thirty five percent will be deducted for taxes. Yes, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. It's just a, it's it's a game. Like it's really all a game. It's a scam. Them, them too. <laughs> it's a scam of a game, and it's and it's sad because it's just you just really seeing who's who can move the pieces and who can't, and who are the pieces that are being moved. Mm. But I think, but I think the important thing though. <clears throat> the important thing, though, is that you can always change your position. You don't always have to be a pawn. You don't always have to be a piece that's being moved. You don't always have to be the person that's moving the pieces. You can change your position, or your position can be changed. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to say right now. And that's that's good. That's good because I really uh, – and, and it's been a minute, and when I say it's been a minute, it's been about three years. But I'm gonna I'm only highlighting this company because they have consistently 
made the decision to set the bar, even if they don't advertise or do it in a braggadocious manner. Uh, this is no promo. We're not getting paid for this. We don't own any stocks in this company. And we, neither one of us work for this company. I'm just using it as an example. But Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A for the last three years has consistently set the bar without prompt from any state and or federal uh, mandate or uh, nudge or suggestion and they have consistently raised the, the wage, the hourly wage of most of their workers, including their shift leaders, lower, what you could call uh, store managers, and their uh, regional managers. Now, at present time, most, and I'm using, okay, so I'll use the word average. The average Chick-fil-A hourly wage earner, the one that you meet when you're driving up and they have the little headset and the machine in their hand and they're greeting you with a smile, on average, that young person or that man or woman is earning at minimum $14 an hour. At minimum. You have some that are earning 16 You have some that are earning 18 Some that are shift leaders or management actually are on salary and their salary can be broken down to $20 at minimum an hour. Some even are making 22, 24 an hour. So then you look at what was the business model that Chick-fil-A set in place when making this change. The, the business model was they allowed for more private citizens to invest in Chick-fil-A by becoming franchisees. So when they allowed, or not even allowed, when they instituted the wider opportunity for the private individual to become an owner of a Chick-fil-A, a franchise owner of a Chick-fil-A, it allowed for the corporate side and the corporate stores to then reassess their employee, what they would call their employee role. And as they started seeing, and this is, you know, let's, let's talk about capitalism a little bit. What they saw was as more people were being hired by the franchises, they saw less and less people as employees on the corporate side. So like you said, uh, Brother Kalen, they made the decision to switch themselves in this game. Oh, well, since we have less employees and we're still making this amount of money, let's give our employees a little bit more money because we can absorb that, but it will also push the market because now the franchise, the, the franchise owners, they what are they going to tell their employees? Because all their employees have to do is quit and go to work for a corporate store. So the franchise owners were being encouraged at the same time, learn the model, and you may be able to learn how to run your store with less number of employees, that thereby being able to increase the wage of all your employees. 
And that's just something that those are one of the little innovative tactics that small business, medium sized business, big business could employ. But we know that nine times out of 10, they're not because it goes back to that. Let's try to get as much profit as possible. But I just wanted, again, to highlight that because we need to see that there are companies, there are corporations, there are mom and pop operations that are doing their best to honor people who are committing hours out of the day to work for them. And that's, I think, is something we need to make sure that we highlight. Do uh, you guys have any other businesses that y'all can think of off the top of your head that you would like to highlight? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I am, am going to give a shout out to my current employer, Synchrony Financial, because they, um, they actually boosted everybody in the company to at least $20 an hour because of the pandemic. And, um, yeah, it really, it really shit shockwaves, like, in the news. Like, it hit the news and everything. Like, oh, my goodness, the company is... I really feel like it puts pressure on the marketplace, and I feel like that... I'm glad we're actually talking about it, because it really shows how to get more money in this capitalistic game. You really just have to be the, be the one to go against the grain and just to go for what you want. And then once... People see it works. More people are gonna start doing it, and more people are gonna flood that market. I mean, think of all these things that have had. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to go too far. I don't want to go too far. But yeah, that part. <laughs> and again, we are flowing, man. I like this conversation. I like where we're going with it. Well, uh, I, I guess I can. You know, I you know I throw in a, a tidbit. You know. Just to, for those, you know, if you are looking for work and, you know, you're just looking for some a, a way to make money in the meantime, y'all, DoorDash and Uber Eats, you can make some good money. So shout out to DoorDash and Uber Eats for allowing people to, you know, make money. Because I feel like, um, I mean, you know, it's it's very interesting, too, because it's like, I feel like Uber Eats is more, huh. I guess strict than uh, compared to DoorDash. I don't do Postmates because I'm a Postmates child. But hey. Yeah, I started with Postmates. Yeah. They're not even Postmates no more. Uber took them. Yeah. You, I'm telling you, Uber, Uber, you you, you make more money off of Uber. Um, but you also drive longer distances. I'm, I'm not going to lie to y'all. You definitely drive longer distances off of Uber. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of the things that's really awesome about Uber and DoorDash is that you get to make your own schedule. Um, I know on DoorDash, they, well, both of them, they do background checks. Um, you have to have your driver's license. Uber, they require you to have your vehicle registration and they need proof of your car insurance. So God damn it, if you, uh, you know, you might want to get your P if you don't got it together, you know, just saying Uber Eats is more. That's what I meant when I was saying Uber Eats is more strict um, because they require more paperwork compared to DoorDash. DoorDash, they just do the they require you a back. They require a background check and your driver's license. And that's pretty much it. But you get the create your own schedule, gas up and go. And hey, it's very easy. Um, the more you do it, they do offer benefits uh, such as health care. 
and that's not that's not just for like um going to the doctor you know you could also go see a therapist if you wanted to see a therapist um they have dental vision child they got so many benefits i haven't even found out about all of them but you definitely earn um you get more exposure to the benefits the more that you do it um but yeah i just want to shout out uber eats and doordash because you know they've been helping the sister out so yeah man Again, dovetailing right into the next portion of the conversation, because right after expressing how we know that the federal government is, as as you said, keeps slow in moving their feet to initiate the raising of the minimum wage nationally, and then also highlighting those certain companies but then just that is a an encapsulation of what is possibly happening throughout the nation with other companies raising their minimum wage or even just saying thank you to those people who have continued to move forward through what we can call this pandemic to give them a dedicated eight hours 10 hours 12 hours a day and raising their wages now you just made perfect sense because we know we've been watching the news. We've been seeing it on the national news, the local news that once the pandemic hit and people could not go to work, people were too fearful for their health condition to even step into office buildings, restaurants, uh, car wash, hospitals, whatever, we saw an influx of unemployment uh, at its height. Now, at the height of this era of pandemic from March 2020 to present day, unemployment reached a high point of 15%. And that was right towards the end of 2020. It was 15%. 15% of the American population was unemployed. And we saw the federal government step in with infusions of infrastructure and, and stimulus. And in doing so, a lot of the business landscape saw something that they never saw before. And that was people realizing, wait a minute, not only am I going to get regular unemployment for most Americans, the average weekly unemployment was about $425. That was average across America. If you take all 50 states, combine them together and get your average. So the average weekly Unemployment check was 425. The federal government, through the stimulus, added in an additional 150 every week because they, they added in an additional $600 a month. So that was coming from the federal government. So your state unemployment, and again, in North Carolina, I think it was like $280 a week. So you're talking 280 a week plus an additional 150. 
So you're talking, you're talking about almost a $1,100 a month. Now for, now again, that's $1,100 a month tax free. You don't have to pay that back. And then of course the system changed and they said, you know, you would be taxed, but then tax got forgiven. Nobody was going to have to pay taxes. So literally this money was tax free. And what most average Americans found out was I was making more money on unemployment than I was actually working a job. And so what has happened now? What has been the ramifications of that? The ramifications of that, the very first ramification, and this goes to what you were saying, Keeps, is that people said, I'm not going back to work. I'm going to find an alternative way to earn money because I can earn more than I could going back to McDonald's or going back to the post office or going back to that janitorial service or going back to that car wash or going back to the to the cleaners or you know whatever job they had. You had a lot of people that just was not going back to work. What did uh what did you two see in the areas where you were uh, living? Um, I would definitely say that. Well, I'm sorry, Caitlin. Is it okay if I? Ma'am, I was not. Go ahead. Oh, um, I would say I definitely seen people get laid off from work. I seen um that a lot of people did have to from home and then like they'll work from home for a short period of time and then they will go back to work I didn't see too many people hmm actually hold on let me think about that trying to think anybody who Mm, I did hear about people getting a lot of money from unemployment um trying to think if I know too many people that was like I'm not going back to work no, no. Um, if anything, what I've witnessed is a lot of people having their jobs, and then when COVID happened, they had to work from home, and then um, they were working from home temporarily, and then they got their jobs back. But I haven't. Um, I don't know too many people who have had the attitude. It's like I'm not going back to work. But um, I feel like I've seen I've seen a little bit of everything. I seen the unemployment fraud. You know what I'm saying? The I'm gonna quit my job because I get paid more if I if I don't have a job than I do. So you know, I was like, well, she had me looking at my check like, how much they getting paid? <laughs> Dude, what the heck going on here? But um, but you know, I seen a lot of that. But then I saw a lot of people take. <laughs> laid off or getting fired or you know getting furloughed however that looked I saw a lot of people really go into themselves and really either discover new passions that they never knew they had or double down on the passion that they just didn't have time for or they didn't dedicate enough time towards so a lot of passion projects came out of uh, the pandemic and I feel like that that fueled people more so that when things started to open up and when jobs started to come back, it was more so of, I have the choice now to go back or to do it my own way. And 
I feel like it allowed people to really see, and that's what I was touching on before when I was like, I'm not going to go. Like, it, it pushed people to see, like, we can change this marketplace. Like, the, the, the game doesn't have to be played the same way. There are many ways to play this game and still come out on top. And the pandemic really broke that in a lot of people. And I feel like a lot of people either just inspire themselves and just in turn inspired other people just to do that and then that's where you see a lot of people leaving even after the pandemic leaving jobs to become full-time entrepreneurs or to become you know a full-time business owner in their own right of what they always wanted to do so i think it really um it really showed people themselves and really showed people what do you really want like when this whole world thing is just shut off and it's just you what do you want to do with your life so so yeah, I think it it definitely uh birthed some beautiful some beautiful ideas, some beautiful dreams. Yeah, that's what I saw on my side of town as well. I saw a lot of people who and and like you said that mixture. I saw a lot of people who um went home, worked from home, enjoyed working from home and negotiated their ability to stay at home versus going back to the office. Then I saw people who, uh, to like you said, uh, obnoxious. I saw people who took advantage of the unemployment and they stayed out and they collected that check and they said out their mouth, "I make more money on unemployment." <laughs> And I do work in this regular job. I, I, I was just like, why do you say this? I'm going to read it, but why are you saying it? <laughs> just telling well, all your business. I mean, if we, I mean, if we're, you know, we, I was trying my best not to touch on it because I don't want to give hyperbole and I, I definitely don't want to assume the mindset of those individuals. But for some people, it was just a pure financial decision. I get a little bit more breathing room at the end of the month. You know, we used to have an old saying when, when, when I was coming up. I got more month at the end of my money than I do money at the end of the month. And, and for certain, some people, that federal boost on top of what was already given to you was like, wow, I can, I can breathe. I can pay all my bills and have more money than I normally have at the end of the month. So for some people, it really was. It was a pure financial decision. For some other folks, yeah, let's be honest. Some people were just like, bump this. I, I ain't want to come to this job anyway. And if I'm going to get some free money, I'm going to take it. And then, you know, they, as the kids say, they found a way to flip it, you know, and, and, and do whatever they did with it. Some went back to work. Some chose a different job. Some still out there. And, um, you know, uh, we are in, we are in the Southern states, um, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, I believe Tennessee as well. Um, Alabama, Mississippi, they cut it off. Those, those governors have, literally said we're not giving out no more unemployment now you have other states that are still giving stimulus you got california you got new york you got massachusetts you got connecticut you got uh ohio d 
these are states that are still giving out some form of stimulus even to this day. But we are in one of those Republican states that are like, hey, y'all, it's time to go back to work. Y'all need to get back out there in that field. We got cotton got to be picked. And and I'm I'm being funny, but you know. That's what they're really saying. Right. And but yeah, so where I'm where I'm at, some people really did. They 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 decided to negotiate their way to stay home and they're staying home. And some are even uh, taking it further by homeschooling their children. Some have taken what they could get from the stimulus through unemployment and they finally started their own businesses and they're, they're you know, they're fledgling new business owners, but like you said, they're hustling, they're, they're getting their work, they're, they're finding new ways. And as you said, there are uh, keeks. There are people who just decided, hey, I got a pretty good car. I, I, I can create my own schedule. I can finally pursue that dream. Maybe I can go back to school, get an additional certificate or get that master's degree or get that PhD. And, you know, I'll door dash it. I'll, I'll, I'll Uber eat it until I can, you know, graduate from school and, and pro- possibly re-enter into the job market, uh, the corporate market with a higher form of education become even more lucrative. Um, but, you know, we see it all the way around. One of the things that I find real, real, real interesting, especially in this millennial generation, is that the young people who are wanting to work are challenging the status quo of those jobs now that they're back at the job. You know, let's say they had that time where they didn't have to go to work. And then they were told, okay, you can come back to work. I've seen a lot of young people go back to work, but they're asking more and more questions like, well, why we got to do it like this? Why has it got to be done like this? Why are we always, why can't we do this? Why don't, and one of the biggest questions that I've seen that keep coming across from social media to watching the news, to looking at Twitter, to reading online articles from the millennial generation and generation Z is why why are our ideas not being accepted even after we've seen what we've seen through the through the pandemic? Um, are are and I know I'm asking this to people who are younger than myself, you two, and and, and I really want to ask you, Kaylin, because you highlighted your company. Are you two seeing? corporate America or the quote unquote employment marketplace willing to accept your ideas or are you still seeing, you know, same game, same policy? I mean, I feel like it's, it's, it's company by company. It's not more so a monolith like it usually has been uh, because there are some big companies that are just being maverick and just saying, bump it, we're going to do it this way. And like uh, the company I work for, Synchrony Bank, I would say they are mavericks in their own right. I mean, from they uh, recently, like they their CEO was a lady 
And she worked her way up from being just a phone call representative, worked her way up to become a CEO. And then she stepped down as a CEO just to become the head of the board of the directors. Like, so it's, it's, it's they're, they're Maverick in, in that in that manner. Um, also, just with the uh, the payment increase, it was real dope. And I mean, just the all-inclusive nature of they really do look out. Like even because we're going virtual now, so they even shut down some sites and put them more so in the hubs. And they have expanded kind of our business model so that like we're more open and we like can communicate with different people. It's, it's more so a free flow and communication opposed to you need to go to this direct source. So they're really doing the best that they can to appease to everybody and as well to accommodate in this new virtual world that the pandemic thrusted us in. So I've seen companies like that. And then I've seen the opposite of where like, uh, I got some friends that are uh, that are or used to be in the Atlantic public school system. And I mean, once everything, and I was Atlantic public school, of course it's in Georgia, but that, I mean, they opened up and it was just like, all right, get these people in school. Like <laughs> COVID numbers are high. The kids were catching COVID. And one of my homies was telling me like one kid kept caught COVID and they just left the room and they just went home. The teacher wasn't notified. The class wasn't notified. No one knew. The kid just left. So they could have infected the whole classroom, but no one knows because they just went home. Mm. So, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's just a lot. Like, I've, I've seen a lot of different stories of just businesses taking ideas and taking, you know, suggestions or even just, in my mind, using common sense. But um, they are just really feel like Honestly, the pandemic, especially after the aftermath of the pandemic, really showed where the heart of a lot of these companies and businesses are. Because a lot of the companies and businesses that appeased to their employees and that tried to find ways to help in this new world, I feel like that shows that they're really, you know, people first. And the people that are more so, you need to get your vaccine, you need to be in this office, you need to be doing this and this and this and this, we need to get this bread. It just really shows you, okay, you're the capitalist dream. Everything for the money. So, yeah, that's 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 how I see it. It's so interesting just seeing how all of this is happening. Um, it's just, I don't know, you know, you would ask me about like five years ago if I, if I would have thought all this would have happened, I definitely would have said H no, but um. I don't know, man. It's kind of, it's really weird because it's like the workforce is changing, but I guess just, I'm not sure where it's going or how it's going to change, you know, Um, with COVID still being COVID, with America still being America and how they're treating COVID. Um, and with everything that we've talked about so far, it's, it's very interesting and it's also fascinating because it's an evolution and I guess just being able to witness that is, I don't know, I have mixed emotions about it, but man. It it honestly exhilarates me because I really feel like the whole system just got a foot on his neck right now 
they don't know what to do. This crypto taking off, this NFT taking off. We don't got no employees to get this stuff from the docks to these places. You got car dealerships. You got back orders from last year. I mean, all this stuff is is just fucked up right now. Like genuinely, we just backed up everywhere. Stuff's getting delayed, and I really feel like it's really gonna put some pressure. Like, okay, what we what you gonna do to get this back right? What are you gonna sacrifice? And it could be a bad or good thing. But I just really am excited to see not only how America responds, but how America's people respond. Because I feel like the government can do something, but we also have to move with it in order for that to work or in order for that to even go or be pushed through. And we are so powerful. And I feel like the pandemic showed that, like just, just the power of us all being at home and how that messed up the whole e economy. Like, it's like, yo, like, look at our power. Really look at it. Like, don't you be so excited to go back outside. Really look at how we really control this. We need a bailout. Send us some money. They send the money. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm actually excited to see the system bust because I feel like I I feel like it's been a while. We've been we've been good. We've been chilling, but we like we haven't been necessarily growing. I don't feel like if that yeah. makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense because you're right. Um, you you both are right to be ambivalent, to be uh, excited, to see uh, what the pandemic has brought to the surface, and then to actually see that what America does the best is being stifled at this moment. And there's a real reason why it's being stifled. And I'm not afraid to speak this out loud, but well, the reason why I'm not afraid to speak it out loud is because I'm a part of that generation, the older generation. And there's one thing I do know for certain, and it's still happening today. And it's even worse today because of the pandemic. And that is certain, I'm not saying all, but certain people in the older generations refuse to let go of their power. Mm -hmm. Step down out of the seats that they are in and the innovation, the new direction, the new quote unquote, the new blood that can come in and revamp these different systems and 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 processes and and implement automation where it's necessary, but bring back personnel where it's necessary and retrain and and it they're not being allowed to implement these things because you got some stodgy old curmudgeon that is like no. I'm 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 glad my name is on the, the the plate that says chief of operations or or uh head of linear motion. You know, uh, we don't want that. We don't need that. When in all actuality, the 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 real statement is I don't want to let go of the seat that I'm sitting in. I don't want to be pushed out the door. 
I don't want my time to be over. I don't want the sun to go down on me, on my work. And oh. again, go ahead. I was going to say, or I don't have a plan after this. Yo. Mm. You taking my life. Retire. Rest. Relax. But, but like, I really feel like some people don't know that. Like, some people really need to learn how to take a break and rest. Especially when you you think of, like, that type of generation, like, that is still up top, like, it's still in those positions. Like, they they got state power. (laughs) They 90 years old and still in office for a reason. They were bred on consistency. They were bred on showing up, being there, regardless of how you felt. You got COVID, still go to work. Like that, 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 that's there. So to, to, and I think, it, it, oh, I don't want to even take over. You know, I'm just going to keep on. So not only like they just have to be willing to learn too. And like some people feel like they get, they have, they have reached a point where I'm good. I don't need to learn no more. I know I'll, you got to come to me to get the information. I don't need you. It's like, bro, you can't even get up the first flight of steps. Come on, man. <laughs> Well, I I really am enjoying listening to you two give a very sunny report of why these people stay at work, but I, I'm going to bring the cloud of doom and be the, the wet blanket on this uh, picnic. Bring it. it is not that people don't want to retire because they want to stay at work. You're talking about a generation of people that never worked on their personal skills when it came to home. Mm. So retirement means going to a place I never really wanted to be at. (laughs) I, I, I honed my work skills and I volunteered for every shift and I did all that overtime because yeah, it made me look good putting my kids through college. It made me look good ascending this corporate ladder starting from the bottom. But the truth is, I really don't like my wife and my husband. I really don't know what's going on at the house or in my neighborhood. I really can't tell you anything about a life outside of this job because I never took the time to create that, to further that, to even investigate myself to see what I could or who I could be away from this job. That's something that the younger generation has in spades. You guys literally have come as close to perfection of what can be called the work life or the work home balance. Like your generation and again, Generation Z and the one that's after Z, uh, I keep forgetting their names, but um, <laughs> the, 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 all of you younger people and, and really, truly doing it because you believe it's supposed to be done. My generation and them older than me, we didn't believe in that. Oh, yeah, you get married because that's what you're supposed to do. But do I really like my wife? Do I really like my husband? Eh, I married them because they look good on paper. 
and they helped me get to the place I wanted to get to. Mm. But now that I'm 65, now that I'm 66, now that I'm 70, I'm looking at somebody who really doesn't appeal to me anymore. And I really don't like them. And I really didn't like them from the gate. Why would I want to be at the house with them all day? And so, I mean, yeah, you would think people would want to be at work, but they only wanted to be at work because they didn't want to be at home. Mm. Well, and and then and then the just the power too. Yes, yes, that is another aspect. You are so true, and I feel like it goes hand in hand. Since they didn't have that home life, like well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking a man, but this could possibly be with women too. But I'm speaking from a man because I'm a man. So I feel like for men, like if I don't have it at home, I know I got it at the job. Like I know I'm a man at the job. When I go home, I'm just I'm just dad or I'm just a husband. I'm just whatever. But mentally, they tell themselves like I'm lower than at home. But I'm 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 me or I'm the highest me when I'm at the job. So I don't need to I don't need to retire. I don't need to even mentor anybody because nobody can be me at my job like I can. And I may and I may mentor somebody, but I'm not gonna give them everything because if I give them everything, they're gonna take what I got. Mm. They're gonna put me out, right? And I and honestly, they're not wrong in thinking that because that's how the game is played. But I feel like we have to take advantage of changing the rules of the game and just being being who we are, being individuals. And individuals doesn't necessarily mean separate and different. Being individuals is being who you were put on this earth to be, because when you play your part and they play their part, we actually all come together and make a perfect puzzle because we're really one. We just have to learn who's the right finger and who's the who's the thumb and who's the pinky. You got a pinky acting like the head. Of course we messed up. <laughs> so it's just like, it, it, I, I totally, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with everything. It's just more so adding. It's just like, man, it's just, and I guess I'm, I'm really speaking up because I want the younger generation and I want our generation geeks and just, you know, those ones that are still climbing a corporate ladder and things like that. Just to keep that in mind, like, don't don't repeat it just because it, pro- it provides this certain result. Like, really look at these processes, like, because we're so result and destination minded that we totally overview the whole point of life, which is really about the journey. Because, I mean... If you really go to if you go to a cemetery and you look at a tombstone, you got a beginning date and an end date. It's the beginning and the end of the journey. But the only thing that people are going to talk about is that dash. So if the only if the only thing people are gonna talk about is the dash, then what's the most important thing, in my opinion, is the dash, is the journey, is the ride. So we need to start checking these processes, man. Like even with the stimulus bailout, it's like a very it's a very controlling, dependent thing. Like, I'm going to give you some money. Here, I'm going to give you some bread on top of that. It's like the government's like, be dependent on me. I got your back. But then, right when they got your back, certain states say, you know what? We don't mess with them. We just in their neighborhood. This is how we run things. 
just like, dang, it's like you're being toyed with. Your emotions are being toyed with because you give them control, but take back that control in any way that you can. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to sound elitist. I'm not trying to sound sadiddy. I'm just saying there's a way. There is a way. If you don't believe there's a way, there's a way. You just got to open your eyes and raise your vibration to see it when it appears and when it shows itself because there's always a way. We always find a way. That's why we're here. Amen. Yeah. And so, you know, here we are. We're, we're, we, we've discussed it and we've hit a few points. And now, you know, because we are SFA Charlotte and we strive for achievement, we're going to do our best to just throw out a few examples, maybe what we think could be a way to change, to bring change, to effect change. Um, and of course, I'll go first. Uh, I would like to see in that way of saying a mentorship program, especially inside not just corporate America, but there are a lot of manual labor positions that are tied to local municipalities. I would love to see a, 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 a mentor, an effective mentorship program instituted in these in these municipalities, and have an incentive program tied to the mentorship program. And what do I mean when I say that? So let's say you take a guy, he starts out at his local city, and he's you know he works in the parks and rec division, and he's in charge of or he's working with the, the maintenance crew that's in charge of taking care of all the football fields and baseball diamonds inside that city or that town. So he should be approached by a guy that's two to three years away from retirement. That guy can become his quote unquote mentor on the job to walk him through the best practices and take him through the, the culture of how to do things in, the, in, in that city or town. And then during this period of time, there are certain benchmarks that this young man has to hit. He may have to get uh, some additional certifications. He may have to go to a couple of training courses, but he keeps hitting these benchmarks throughout his time until this man retires. And each benchmark has some type of reward attached to it, whether it's a, 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 a raise or a, some type of a day off, or he could actually be receiving the opportunity to subsidize his health care or something like that. Anything, anything that wouldn't violate any uh, municipal, state or federal law. That's what I, I think, you know, that's something I think should happen, should occur. And of course, you know, I know a lot of corporations have have mentorship programs and they work it in that same way, even if the person is not on their way to retirement. But that's what that that's something I, I, I suggest. Uh, Ms. Keeks, do you have a suggestion? I want to see. Well, I don't know. This isn't like a physical suggestion but it's just something I would like to see I like to see more transparency between legislation and um, 
pretty much between um just more transparent more transparency within legislation and when i what i mean when i say that is just um i feel like a lot of times when it comes to laws being made you know i know sometimes uh when bills are signed we'll see those things uh on cnn or things like that but i feel like when i speak of transparency i mean more involvement on a community level and i know that that's something that people will have to put forth the effort to involve themselves in but i also feel like sometimes um the government keeps certain things away from people just because they don't want people to know about certain things um or just because they're afraid of how communities may respond or how communities may react um something else i would like to see more of is uh how do i want to word it Hmm. more representation and i do feel like that is slowly changing over time and i feel like that's that that speaks to what you were speaking about brother stokes pretty much in just saying how you know we need more people that are more people within legislation that damn it that are part of our generation because a lot of people that are in legislation right now you know 95 plus 80 plus you know and it's not fair for people um not saying that they don't they don't know the best laws or the best things for our generation but at the same time they don't um because they come from a different time and the way things were done during their time is totally different now so we definitely need more representation within our legislation within our offices from people coming from our generation and not just people black people coming from our generation you got to be specific when you say stuff like that because you say our generation and damn it you will see no black or brown people But those are my two suggestions or two things that I would like to see. I know that those aren't like physical recommendations, but those are just things I would like to see within the workforce and the changes. Cool. Cool. And brother Kayla. Um, I really just have one thing, man. I feel like anyone can do at any level, just challenge processes, man. Like really, if you if you don't feel right about something or if something just don't sit well with you, really challenge it. Raise the question. Be the be, be the one. And don't be afraid of how is how you gonna look or what such and such may say. Just really challenge it because half the time, majority of the people are thinking the same thing. They're just afraid to say it. Mm-hmm. Or they're just afraid to challenge it. They're just afraid of and it's really just a fear of what's gonna happen to me or what's gonna happen in my position. But you're just you're just asking a question for a process, and processes should be malleable to be able to grow, move, shape, and turn with the world. And if not, then your question should poke the beast and really exactly. see what's really going on. So so yeah, man, just just challenge processes, and and that goes that goes way beyond. Your nine to five, your business, that's that's challenging your mental processes. That's challenging your own biases. That's challenging what you do when you wake up. Like, just challenge processes, period, in your days. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Man, as y'all hear, this is this is the goodness that comes out of us taking the time to really grasp at these particular topics and really present them to our community because we want to perform a service as well. We want to do the thing that is necessary at the time that it is necessary. So what would we like to see? We would like to see you all comment back. Let us know what you think. Do you have any suggestions? Maybe you know some corporations or some companies or some mom and pop outfits that are taking the initiative and being radical and making those different types of moves. Maybe you know some state, local, or federal legislators that are actually doing their best to introduce different types of laws and be more transparent. Maybe you know of a uh, mentorship program within a corporate structure or within a uh, 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 nine to five uh, manual labor structure. And you can tell us about it and we can pass it on to the rest of the community. We just don't want this to be one way. We really want it to be interactive. And, and we thank you. We thank you for taking the time to listen, to, to give us your attention. And, you know, we are. We're SFA Charlotte. You can find us on Facebook at SFA Charlotte. You can find us on Instagram at SFA.Charlotte. You can find us individually. Me, myself, all you got to do is go see Big Bruh. That's G-O-S-E-E-B-I-G-B-R-U-H. Go see Big Bruh. You thought I wasn't <laughs> going to say it. Uh-huh. And then you can go see my man, Knox List, and that's <laughs> K-N-O-X. L-I-S-T on all platforms. I mean, you know, you, you go see Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> and then, without a doubt, the pistol popper, you can go see her, but you mm-hmm. might not want to see her. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see Miss Keeks at Lord Have Mercy. Lord have mercy. <laughs> That's what you're going to be saying when you leave. Lord have mercy. And that's L-O-R-D-E dot H-A-V-E-M-E-R-C-Y. Man. (laughs) All right, y'all. So as you know, we are S-F-A Charlotte. Again, Charlotte's number one Black-owned independent podcast. And this has been another episode and man, we just we just want to thank y'all. We want to thank y'all for rocking with us. We want to thank y'all for engaging with us. And we want to thank y'all for supporting us where you have supported us. And, you know, what else can we say? It's an hourly wage, earn a kind of life. But at the end of the day, it's your life. Make sure that you strive for achievement. And we out. Peace.